At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Denver City Cast. Holden with Vison. We are presented by Bet Rivers, and it's a great Thursday. We've got a lot to discuss. I'm going to spend a lot of time on the Nuggets. I thought Ian St. Clair gave us a great bet yesterday for the Nuggets to win the division. The odds have moved, just like he said. We've got some news on Jamal Murray, a little bit on Michael Porter Jr. as well. And then the Jokic MVP case, I mean, I don't want to say he's pulling away. He's kind of pulling away. Got some Broncos, pro football focus, disagreeing with me and Ian on the uh, win total for the Broncos. Abs hosting the Sharks tonight. Got some good news there. And then I want to talk about a couple things concerning the Rockies, including the plan going forward. Yes, there's a lot of question marks there. But let's start with the Nuggets. And by the way, oh, let me also mention this. Josh Applebaum from the Mothership, from VEASAN. He's going to come on, preview the Final Four with me. But we'll get into the Joker. Jokic, MVP. Yesterday, we wake up, we do the show. Jokic on Bet Rivers is minus 134 to win the MVP. Today, minus 155. So a heavier favorite. He's basically where Embiid was this time last week. Embiid was minus 162 within the last week and a half or so. And you've got Embiid plus 110 yesterday. Now he's plus 120. So let's look at Jokic. He finished with 37, 13, and 9 in that win against the Pacers. And I think it was a good game, right? Uh, Earlier this month, remember this stretch that he had at the beginning of the month when he went for a triple-double against New Orleans? 46, 12, and 11. 
against the Warriors the next night on a back-to-back. -back, he backed it up with another triple-double, 32-15 and 13. And then the Kings, 38-18 and 7. And I think you throw this game right in there with those. I think this is probably his third best game of the month. And he still went for 37-13 and 9 assists. Absolutely amazing. So, the MVP race is not settled, but you got to ask yourself, how could the Joker not win the MVP at this point? So I guess, and I don't want, I'm not a guy that believes in jinxes. So I'll just say a, it would take a, an injury in the next game and he wouldn't play the rest of the season. Uh, even then there's still a decent shot. He wins the MVP. Also, uh, it would take a monster finish from Embiid or even Giannis. You know, I'm feeling a lot of love for Giannis coming up. They're not going to give it to Giannis over the Joker, though. And the big argument there is go put Giannis on the Nuggets. Are the Nuggets a better team with Giannis as opposed to Jokic? Absolutely not. Two different skill sets, but everything runs through the Joker, and he makes everybody better around him that way. With Giannis, you know, terrific score, defense, you're not getting the assists. You're just not getting the assists. He's not as complete of a ball player. Nobody's as complete a player as the Joker right now. So I think it is just about settled. I don't think there's any value betting on Jokic at this point. Here's the basketball reference MVP tracker. Jokic, 42.2% chance of winning. Giannis, 26.7. And Embiid's down to 9.5. I'm telling you right now, just about wrapped up let's get into the front range for four biggest sports stories on the front range okay is the joker one of them yeah but let's get back into the nuggets here and start with number one thank you ian st Clair, my friend from playcolorado.com for getting us on the nuggets to win the northwest division at plus 200 before the indiana game might not happen i mean there's a lot of basketball to be played might not happen but it's a great bet you're getting two to one on a team that currently is sitting a half game ahead of the Jazz in the win column. Now, the Jazz have the tiebreaker, but as of now, the Nuggets have gone from, uh-oh, Minnesota might catch us for the play-in game to, all right, now we are in the five spot. And it's not like the Warriors are playing good basketball. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But they were plus 200 to win the division before the Indiana game. Ian goes, that... That, those odds are going to be gone tomorrow. You're right. Right now, plus 130 for the Nuggets to win the division. The Jazz are down to minus 167. So basketball reference, I'll go back to that. Giving the Nuggets a 38% chance to win the division. Fine. Bring it on, man. Jazz are in a free fall. And um, good. Let's go. Let's go, Nuggets. Get us this money here. Also, great news. There is a 94% chance of avoiding the play-in game at this point, which has been the worst nightmare. And we still need just a couple of wins. Get us two wins. Get us over that 47 and a half. And everything's going to go well. You know, hopefully we sweep the board. Jokic, plus 650 for the MVP. We're on that. Plus 200 to win the division. We're on that. We're on a lot of different stuff here. And it's fun. And then over 47 and a half wins. And I think we're getting there. You know, there's a couple of questions. Are they going to be able to do it? Last night was uncomfortable. I watched that game. <laughs> Oh, boy, did I watch that game. I'm like, all right, I'm going to kick back. I'll talk about it in just a second. Kick back, relax, everything's going well. But uh, 46 and 31, that's where the Nuggets are right now. So they're in fifth place in the West. They're a half a game ahead of the Jazz in the win column. The Jazz have the tiebreaker. The Nuggets against the Warriors, if the playoffs started now, they don't. 
Warriors and Mavericks. The Mavericks actually moved up to the three spot now. Wow. I mean, it's a situation if the Nuggets finish in the five spot. We were talking about the 3-6 matchup, Warriors and Nuggets. Well, it could be the Nuggets-Warriors. It could be the Nuggets-Mavericks. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit clearer. So let's just hope things continue to go well. Warriors, Mavericks, Jazz, I think, are the three possibilities at this point for the Nuggets in the first round. Very little chance of sinking to seventh. Denver has a three-game lead over Minnesota with seven games to play for the Timberwolves. So here's the remaining schedule. Big game coming up tomorrow night against Minnesota. Don't think it's going to be as big as we were building it up to be, though, because it does look like the Nuggets are going to avoid the play-in game. Then they got two against the Lakers. LeBron's all messed up. That team is just a disaster. Instead of splitting, they might be able to sweep those two games. At home against the Spurs, winnable. They've got the Grizzlies as well. We'll see if anybody's sitting in those games, but right now they should go three and two down the stretch. And then I look at the Jazz. They've got the Lakers too. They've got a struggling Warriors team. That'll be fascinating to see how that pans out. Grizzlies, tough team. Thunder should be a win. Suns, are they going to be sitting people? Blazers, an absolute joke. It's a four and two or a three and three record. It is going to be very tight and the division's probably coming down to those final games. I really do believe that. Now, last night against the Pacers, the Nuggets did not cover the nine and a half. It did not happen. And it doesn't surprise me. You go into these games with almost double digit spreads. And by the end of the, the, the night, it was minus 10. But these double digit spreads with the Nuggets, and often they're not covering, you know, even nine and a half, which is not quite 10. We know that they're just not covering. And I thought they would, right? Who didn't? They were on a 20 to nothing run. They're up 43-15 after the first quarter, and they had a 31-point lead at one point in this game. And all of a sudden, by the end of the third period, they're tied. And I'm saying, what the hell is going on here? How do you take your foot off the pedal that much? But Bones woke up, 20 points, 7 assists. The Nuggets do get the victory last night, so thank goodness for that. Because you lose that game, that is an awful, uncomfortable situation. Like, how could you have lost that game? 125-118, final score. The Joker goes again. And, oh, let me bring this up. Tony Brothers, referee in the NBA. For those of you that don't follow the Nuggets very well, this guy loves ejecting Nuggets. And last night, he tossed Austin Rivers, even though Austin Rivers' elbow did not make contact with Lance Stevenson. Stevenson acted. I mean, Brothers is literally standing right next to the play. How could he not see that the elbow from Austin Rivers did not make contact with Stevenson, unless you say, well, he was going to purposefully do that. No, he, he missed him by a, like a half a foot. It wasn't even close, Tony Brothers. Get it together, dude. All right, one more thing on the Nuggets here. And I continue to say this. Do not expect Michael Porter Jr. coming back or Jamal Murray. But Michael Malone talked to the Post about Jamal Murray's status. Now, yesterday we found out MPJ had a setback. I... I would put the chances of him coming back at about one and a half percent. It's just not going to happen. It's too late at this point. He's coming off a back surgery. He had a setback. Why even bother with that conversation? So what about Jamal Murray? Let's listen to what or I'll talk. To, I will uh, read what Michael Malone told the post. I think the question in everybody's mind is, will he play this year? And I'll be honest, we still don't have an answer. There's been zero pressure from me to him about him coming back this year. 
And we have five games to go, and it's kind of a weird time to come back because every game is so important. So the balance of trying to work a guy back, as well as understanding that, hey, man, every game matters, that's a tough dynamic to balance. And that's kind of what I've been saying here. They're trying to win games. You're down to the final handful of games this season, and now you want to mix in a guy that is a starter and try and throw him into the rotation. There's just not enough time left. And I, I wonder... Even if they, let's just say he came back with two games left in the regular season. How long is it going to take him to get back into shape to where he can start and play a massive amount of minutes and not mess with the continuity that's going on right now? So the more I hear from Michael Malone, though, the more it's just all about Jamal Murray. It's up to him now. Because here's what Malone went on to say. He goes, if Jamal Murray says to me, hey, coach, I'm ready, man. I'd like to play. And he's been cleared. Then we'd figure it out. So he says there's good days, there's great days, there's tough days. And I think that's kind of what he's been dealing with the last month. He's ramped it up a little bit. There's days I'm sure he feels great. And the next day he might feel like, man, I don't know if I can do this. So to me, it's all about confidence. This is me talking again. It's all about confidence, feeling better. And Jamal Murray just doesn't trust it yet. He's just not there. Good days, bad days. I know it's a year after the reconstruction, but at this point, just shut it down. Just shut it down. I don't think you're winning a title with Jamal Murray this year anyways. It's just going to take too long to get him involved. Okay, let's move on. Broncos, front range four, second biggest story on the front range today in sports. So pro football focus. Interesting, because I've been telling you this week, I saw the over-under wins for the Broncos on Bet Rivers. It's sitting at 10 and here's what Pro Football Focus said about this, because they disagree with me and a lot of other people uh, having being on the side of going over. How quickly can Denver's offense gel under new head coach Nathaniel Hackett's scheme? Denver has a little room for has little room for error playing in the toughest division of football. So they're looking at the AFC West saying this is probably why they're not going to get to 10 wins. Can you imagine the Broncos finishing nine and eight and how disappointing of a season that would be? And as far as gelling under new head coach Nathaniel Hackett's scheme, there might be a little learning curve. But are you seeing what Russell Wilson's doing? He's basically having wide receiver camp out at his place. So their simulation with PFF has them winning nine or less games 58% of the time. And they also say Denver's a trendy team heading into the 2022 season, which is all the more reason to fade the team. No, it's not. That, that, why? Because a team is trendy, you're just going to fade them? If it's the right pick, then it's the right pick. Okay, you can disagree with me that they're going to, to, to win less than 10 games, but we're going to fade them because it's a trendy team? Give me a break. There's a reason why it's a trendy team. They've got a terrific quarterback. They've got maybe the most complete roster in the NFL with a few more pieces to add. So don't give me this garbage. We're going to fade them because they're a trendy team. That to me just seems like some whoever's writing this, it's either A, a lazy throwaway sentence, or B, they really do believe that they're going to bet the other way just because one team is trendy. Give me a break. Here's the, the Broncos schedule. We know the division. Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers get six games there. But like I said yesterday, they've got games against the Texans, perennial losers, the Jaguars. The Panthers, the Jets, uh, again, we don't know what these rosters are going to look like. And as teams improve as the season goes, or maybe they get worse as the season goes, but 
58% chance of less than 10 wins. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, I think there's to get to 10 wins. I would, I bet you just to win 10 games, I would put it over 50%. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd probably put it just to 10 wins. I would put it around 60% and probably over 10 wins, 55%. So that's why I bet it over 10 wins for the Broncos. Number three on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. The Avs are hosting the Sharks tonight. Colorado on the puck line, minus 127. What's the puck line, you say? They got to win by two goals or more. Minus 127. That's because they're such heavy favorites. Minus 335 on the money line. And the total here is six and a half with the juice to the under at minus 117. So keep that in mind. Um, Avs coach Jared Bednar, this is shocking because we had Mark Springer, our Avs insider, on yesterday. And he said, hey, right when he came on, he's like, hey, McKinnon's skating around. Well, guess what? Bednar told his station, Altitude, that McKinnon is going to play tonight against the Sharks, right? We thought that he could miss significant time. There was allegedly a broken hand. We still don't know the exact injury, but he's back. And the Avalanche, their defense, their goaltending, it's just, they're going bananas. They've only allowed two goals in the last three games. I'm going to throw a little, I'll throw an itty-bitty bet down on this tonight. Give me the, give me the abs on the puck line at minus 127. So that'll be the show bet today. And then last but not least, number four on the front range four. I'd like to discuss the Rockies for a second because there's a very interesting quote from a scout, I think it was on Athlon. And he says, the Rockies hold on to guys too long like they did with John Gray, Trevor Story. Now they're doing it with Herman Marquez. He's so good. He's got such a great contract that they could get a ton for him to set up their next winning team. 100%. Absolutely. I love Herman Marquez. I think he's a stud. He's the ace of the staff. And the fact of the matter is, you've got a number three starter on a winner with a great contract that could probably get you back an A prospect. The letter A, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Or actually, they don't give E's or G's. But I think I can get an A prospect for him. And at this point, the win total, 68 and a half. I mean, I'm leaning toward the over. I'm not, I haven't bet it yet. But there's so many holes here. And that scout is right. Like they, they could have last year, completely out of it, picked up prospects for John Gray. And they could have last year picked up prospects for Trevor Story. And they made a horrible trade with Nolan Arenado. So, yes, in hindsight, there's been some very bad things. And they should trade Marquez. And they should trade him now, not in the middle of the season. You'll get more for him now. But I don't think they're going to do that. Is this team better this year than they were at this point in time last year? Yeah, I think so. You'll have Chris Bryant for a full year. Grichik can hit you some home runs. Um, but ultimately... There's no real good reason to keep Marquez unless you're just trying to, you know, be in the mix for a 500 team, which I think they're far away from that. A couple other notes I want to bring up about the Rockies here. Interesting stat. Brendan Rodgers, 12 of his 15 home runs were on the road last year. Fascinating. Really? Because he has a 873 OPS on the road, 723 OPS at home. Just reverse splits, basically. You never see that with hitters. And the big reasons, there's a few of them. A lot less breaking balls here. You're seeing more fastballs than they go on the road. They see more breaking balls. It's tougher to hit. 
so many different reasons, but the fact that Brendan Rodgers, I want to see if he does this again. If he is a, a an all-star caliber player or hitter on the road at 873 and a below average hitter at home. If that happens again, very interesting. Very interesting. Maybe we could, maybe they could start looking at the film and going through his daily routines and the whole team could start hitting on the road. Um, and then the last thing with the Rockies would be this, their closer situation. So I'm starting to watch a little bit more spring training. And I, I really like what's going on with the bullpen right now. I, I really do. It's, it's loaded with veterans and it's loaded with power arms. And you want to see that. And listen, bullpen's very important. Even if a team is not a great team, it is still important. You keep it in the game. You keep your team in the game. You shut it down on the back end. I'm an Alex Colome guy. I think he should be closing this year. He has the pedigree. He's been doing this for a long, long time. He's got to be in his mid-30s now. He closed games for Tampa Bay. Uh, he, he had a 40-save season for them. He closed for the White Sox. And last year, he closed games with Minnesota. He took a little bit of a step back. Uh, there were some issues that he had. Uh, he only had 58 strikeouts in 65 innings. So that that number's kind of stepping back. Just, you know what? I guess since 2019, 20, and 21, his Ks per nine have been coming back just a little bit. The whip, walks, and hits in innings pitched. A career uh, high outside of his rookie year. Actually, his rookie year didn't even count. That was the highest amount of base runners that he allowed last season. But I, I think Colomay's got to have the inside track there. Daniel Bard, Carlos Estevez, power arms. Bard was out of the league for a long time. Awesome to see him come back. Estevez has been around baseball for a long time. Hasn't really put it all together for, an, for a full season. I like both of them. If you can go Bard, Estevez, and Colomay in your 7, 8, 9, that's not bad. You know, they've got a good rotation that does not have any depth. So the Rockies starters have to go out there, probably all give them 30 starts this year. I don't think that's possible. I think the back end of the bullpen has a good shot. And offensively, they should hit for more power. Uh, what is the upside? Like the ceiling for this team? Maybe competing for a wild card. What is the, the floor for this team? Worst record in baseball. If the rotation can't stay healthy or they just don't perform and the offense continues to struggle and not hit bombs, and the bullpen stinks. What is likely to happen? I'm thinking low 70s today. I'm thinking, you know, 72, 73 wins. Uh, very few of the projections have that. Very few of the projections. I don't know if any projection has it. You look at baseball reference, fan graphs, all these places. They don't think the Rockies are going to get close to 72 wins. They'll probably be closer to that 68, 69 mark. I'm a little I'm a little more bullish on this team than they are. Okay, I am really bullish on the Final Four because my Kansas Jayhawks will be tipping off against the Villanova Wildcats just after 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock our time. Josh Applebaum with the Mothership, with VEASAN, joins me next to break down both games here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. 
No matter what you bet on, you could count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with a Bet Rivers app. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Holden hanging out with you, Josh Applebaum from the mothership from VSIN. We're going to talk a little Jokic MVP and then really dig in to March Madness, see what he thinks about my Jayhawks here. Josh, first of all, wonderful to see you, wonderful to have you on the show, and a great job you did in Vegas. I caught a couple of your shows out there. I'm a fan. I think there's a lot of good talent here at VSIN, and uh, not to get too sappy on you, but great work out there. Well, I really, I really appreciate it, Holden. Yeah, it was a great time. I am paying for it a little bit because I have, what quote-unquote, the Vegas flu. Uh, again, yeah. so uh, you party hard, you have a good time, you catch some bets, but you pay for it a little bit later, but it was all worth it. And really shout-out to VEASAN, putting me up at the South Point every time I visit. Did shows from the Mandalay Bay, hung out at Circa, met everyone at the VEASAN crew. Also went to uh, the Superbook, had some fun with my co-worker Mike Pritchard there, and Jake Cornegay showed us a good time. So uh, it, w- it was fantastic, Holden. And if you've never been to Vegas for March Madness, Make it a bucket list thing you got to do. It is unlike anything else. I have done shows from there, and I will say that the March Madness, I haven't been in Vegas for the Super Bowl because every time I went to the Super Bowl when I was working out there, I was going. But the March Madness thing, you're right, especially those first two days because every second somebody's yelling and screaming about something else. You got multiple games going on. I can't recommend it enough either. That's the best time probably to go. Plus, it's not. it wasn't too hot either, was it? Nice weather. Yeah, it was great weather, yeah, especially for a Boston guy like me, you know, who's been, uh, and you know this, being in Colorado, but grinding through the winter, and uh, yeah. love getting to Vegas, but I'm not big on the 100-degree days, you know, give me like a nice 70, and yeah, I was around 60, 70 the whole time there, so I got, I got pretty lucky with the weather. All right, let's get into this. We're going to talk Final Four first, but I know you and I have been on the same page with Jokic for a while, being the MVP. I'm sitting on a plus 650 ticket. I hope some people that listen to this uh, tailed that one, and you and I talked about this two months ago. And it was how many guys are numbers guys? How many guys are going to dig in as opposed to looking at points, rebounds, and assists, right? I mean, the number now to me is not even worth laying down on it, but Jokic is the MVP. And I think this ESPN straw poll, ESPN, I said this, yes, I don't think they do a great job with a lot of things, but they do a lot of good stuff in print. They have a lot of influence. And I think that straw poll kind of brought it up and said, oh, you're right. Jokic is the MVP. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm right there with you, and you're holding a plus 650. You have great closing line value on that ticket. And, yeah, we talked about it, you know, last time I was I was doing your show, and, and holding really kind of what you're talking about is totally true. This straw poll conducted by ESPN, Tim Bontemps, basically what he did is he conducted a, uh, a straw poll of 100 media members. So, you know, these media members, you know, they – uh, they network, they talk to each other, they kind of know with their, you know, their ear to the ground what's going on, finger on the pulse of what people are saying and what people are thinking. And it caused a huge line move here with a big steam move toward Jokic for MVP. So, you know, we're going pretty much all year under the assumption that it's going to be Embiid. Embiid's been having a career year, averaging almost 30 points a game. But a couple things. Number one, the Harden trade kind of hurt Embiid because now, uh, you know, he doesn't have to do everything himself. He can spread out the ball and, you know, a little bit more and, you know, not rely on having to score 35 a game. So that's kind of been, you know, ticking down his value a little bit. And then also it was really just this straw poll because according to the straw poll, you know, there are 62 first place votes for Jokic for MVP. Uh, On the other hand, Embiid only got 29. So from people in the know who talk to people who have influence uh, and who kind of know where the voters are going to go, 
that's a huge, huge advantage there toward Jokic. They also did something looking at total points where Jokic got 860 and then Bede only got 719. And based off this draw poll, and this is how really holding you can gauge whether or not these things are legitimate or have influences, did the betting market move after this draw poll? And it absolutely did. Before this draw poll that really showed Joker getting all these first place votes, uh, he was actually around plus 170. And you had at that time Joel Embiid around minus 185. Well, guess what? It then dropped to a pick'em, and Jokic is the odds-on favorite, minus 165, Embiid plus 135. So I think this just goes to show you, you know, if you're betting on sports, we look at a lot of, you know, what, what's in front of my face tonight? What's a game I can bet on? But the prop market has a ton of value, and if you kind of, you know, look at Twitter, read the tea leaves, you know, try to be informed, and you can kind of, you know, locate situations where the betting market is moving based on maybe something uh, important, a tea leaf that you can read, that's really where you can, you know, build your bankroll and make some money. So, you know, we talked before we did the pod here, you know, this number might be gone and you may not have great value, but if you're still looking to get down, Joker minus 165, that might be minus 300 and then off the board before you know it. So you missed a good number, Holden. I don't hope a lot of people, you know, jumped on your 650 when you got it, but still at this point, I'd play Jokic. It looks like he's going to be the MVP. You would. I, that that comes down to a question of how much juice you're comfortable laying. So for me, I, that's way out of my comfort zone. If I was not sitting on the 650, I probably would have gotten in earlier in the week. But you're comfortable at that number just because you're so confident or you don't mind going up that high on the juice? So I think it's a little both. Number one, I'm confident. I think this straw poll really speaks to uh, kind of the, uh, you know, the support that Jokic is getting from people who are in the know and have influence. Then number two, I'm willing to lay a little more juice if I feel like I have a pretty good edge. So I think it goes both ways, Holden. You make a really good point. I think if you're betting a spread and, you know, a team is, you know, uh, minus six and now they're up to minus nine, you're not going to lay the minus nine. You're getting the worst of it. But for a futures bet, if you look at it as, hey, I'll bet a unit. I may not be getting the best of the number, but it gives me something to root for. I feel like I have an edge. Again, you have to know in your head that you're not getting the best number and you are uh, getting the worst of it. But again, you see this all the time and we'll, you know, talk NFL draft at some point. You know, I'll give you an example. Like Trevor Lawrence going into last year's draft was like minus 300 to be selected first overall. You could say, hey, three, minus laying 300, you know, that's really not a good number there. But before you know it, he was minus 1,000, minus 2,000, and then off the board. So kind of the way these futures go is, you know, if, if you're trending toward Jokic winning it, yeah, you're not getting the best of it. But if he cashes, you actually may beat the closing line if it gets higher and higher and then goes off the board. Yeah, I think you will be beating the, the closing line because as I discussed earlier in the show, it'd take a catastrophe for him to not win it at this point. And actually, I think Giannis should be number two. I, I think he's more important to his team now than what we've seen out of Embiid. You got the head-to-head -head win. So the MVP in the NBA has been a lot of fun to follow, and especially now that Jokic is the favorite. I do want to get to the college game with you, though because you're all about systems and you're going to talk about some March Madness trends too. And that to me is interesting because Josh, I've already placed two bets. The rest of the bets I will end up doing live because most of my bets are live. That's just how I like to handle it in basketball. But discuss to me, discuss with us here. We got UNC Duke, Kansas Villanova. What are some of the March Madness trends we're looking at here? Yeah, so from an overall standpoint of, you know, hey, how favorites, dogs, overs, unders done, and maybe one system to keep an eye out for, we do have favorites in March Madness winning straight up, just winning the game uh, 39 and 20 straight up. So they're winning 66% of the time. So two out of three favorites are winning. But we all know we're playing the point spread. So uh, even though favorites are, cover are winning at 66% clip, dogs are actually covering at a higher rate, 33 and 26 ATS, 56% against the number. So favorites are winning the majority of the time. 
But basically, you know, you're seeing dogs cover at a 56% clip. Unders have really had a massive turnaround here. They've been 11-1 their last 12, looking at the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. Uh, so that's been an epic run for, you know, going contrarian and having, you know, public want to bet these overs and root for points. But yet, you know, taking that unpopular opinion going under, which is never fun to sweat, but it's fun if you cash it. 11-1 uh, and one their last 12, now 34-26 and 26 to the under in the tournament, 57%. Another system that really, you know, jumped out to me, Holden, was if you're just receiving a line move in your favor, a very simple system, what that means is at least a half point in your direction. So it could be a favorite going from minus one to minus one and a half or minus two. It could be a dog going from, you know, plus five down to plus four and a half or plus four. Any kind of line moving movement in your favor, those teams are 30 and 21 against the spread, 59%. So just some overarching things to keep an eye out for. Doesn't mean this will continue. It just means that as of now, this is what's pretty much been cashing. So the interesting one to me here, Holden, is Villanova in Kansas. Uh, this is creating, or this is becoming the number one contrarian play, most lopsided play uh, of the of the uh, Final Four, where you're getting across the market. Kansas, 72% of bets at BetMGM. So really everyone's just saying, hey, you know, Villanova with your injury to more. Kansas is, is the last remaining one seed here, just late with Kansas. Kansas opened minus three and a half against Nova. Now they're up to minus four and a half. But to your point of, you know, are you getting a good number? Are you chasing it? Are you getting the worst of it? If you're laying Kansas four and a half, you're with the public, which I don't like to do as a contrarian better. More often than not, the public loses and the house wins, but also you're getting the worst of it. Like Sharp said, hey, Kansas minus three and a half opener. Let's hit that immediately. That might be a little bit low. But now you've kind of seen it stay at four and a half for a few days now. And I actually think there might be some buyback on the plus four and a half with Villanova to bring it back down a little bit. So I don't know if it gets down to four, but if it's like, hey, we'll go to five or back down to four, some books are juiced up a little bit, like it may get back down to four. So I jumped on uh, Villanova plus four and a half, Holden. It's your most contrarian play of the weekend. You're only getting 28% of bets. I like to bet against the public in these big, big primetime public games. Uh, you also have an inflated line. Like I wouldn't call Villanova sharp. Uh, I would call it a value play because you're contrarian and you're getting an inflated number off the opener. Uh, you also have Ken Palm. He only has Villanova losing by one point. Now, I'm not sure if that factors in the more injury or not. But I think just in terms of Nova, you're really buying low on a bad news injury. Like in terms of contrarian betting, someone told me a long time ago, buy on bad news, sell on good news. Everyone thinks Kansas is rolling here, uh, which they have played great. But I think we're kind of underselling Nova and we're dismissing them based on this injury. Uh, I love their coaching from Jay Wright. I love what I'm seeing from, obviously, Samuels and Gillespie. And I also put the fact into they don't turn the ball over, they take care of it, and they're the best free-throw shooting team in the country. So if you get into a free-throw battle here, huge edge to Nova. I would say Kansas probably has the edge to win this game, but I think four and a half is a little bit too high. I took Villanova plus four and a half. Okay, so as a Kansas alum here, I watch every single <laughs> game. I feel like I got a good feel on this team. Um, I'm not going to bet the side pregame. I'm going to wait for Kansas to fall down again, bet them on the money line. If I miss the side, that's fine. Here's what, and, and I wonder if you have a take on the total, because I hit it at 133 and I hit it at 132 and a half to the under, and this doesn't have much to do with the dome. This has to do, and here's my thoughts on this. I think Jay Wright's a better in-game coach than Bill Self. Now, Bill Self, whatever he said in the locker room in that last game against Miami, it worked. So good job, Bill Self. But... Kansas can play both. Do they want to run? Yes. But I think Villanova 
is going to slow this thing down. Both teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. So I wouldn't mind taking four and a half of Villanova like you are. I like the under, though, because Kansas is going to play. They want to. They can play both styles. I think Villanova's style wins out here. And I got an under. It's going to be tough for Kansas to get to 70 points in my estimation. And I think Villanova is going to have a hard time scoring because we don't talk about Kansas's defense enough, Josh. Talk to me about the total. A lean either way or a fade? So I do lean to the under with you. Number one, Villanova plays at one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. So kind of like your Virginia unders where when you play that half court, walk it up, you know, use the shot clock. It always does benefit an under there. My only concern would be some books did tick up a little bit. So 132 and a half opener up to 133. So, you know, I'm looking at it as, hey, you know, you have this crazy under trend, 11 and one the last 12. The public really wants to bet overs. But when you kind of see that, it's like, hey, how do I not ride this under trend? So I'm worried that it might be kind of a trendy under, and I'm concerned that it did go up a little bit. Now, if you're betting the under, like to me, I still think it's under or nothing. I don't really want to play an over in this spot just because of the you know great defense of both teams and obviously uh, you know really slow pace here for Nova. But my concern is just that you know if it opened 132 and a half, I'd rather I'd be more confident actually if it's if it would be down to 132 or 131 and a half. I know you're getting you know 133 and you feel like hey I get an extra half point off the opener. But it tells me that there was a little bit of money that hit that over. So I'll lean under. I, I think, you know, just from a, an eye test, it lo- it feels and looks like this is going to be an under game. But I'll lay off the total just because I'm concerned this under trend could be, you know, kind of something the public latches onto. And why did the total go up if theoretically it feels like an under game? Seems a little fishy to me. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. I'm just I'm saying it right now. Just from watching this team, I, we're going to have a dog fight in that one. Those two teams are going to beat the hell out of each other. So it makes a lot of sense to go with a plus four and a half. Now, what are you noticing at a Duke in North Carolina? Because in this game, the total has gone up, right? From what, 150 to 150 and a half to 151 now. now I talked to Greg Peterson about this, and he was a little concerned about the dome. Do you factor that in when you're handicapping this, the dome, because some of these kids have problems shooting? Uh, because... If anything, maybe it takes them a little while to adjust, and I think they get going, and I love This is probably a public bet then, uh, the over, but talk to me about North Carolina Duke and how you're attacking it. Yeah, so I think I definitely factor in neutral courts in general. Like one of my early betting systems that I learned at my first job in the industry, Sports Insights, uh, which kind of just kind of showed me the power of betting systems. And again, they're not going to win every time, but is there something that can be sustainable no matter you know which teams are playing? And neutral court unders are something I like. Uh, it's unfamiliar territory in terms of unfamiliar sight lines. You don't know the backboards, the rims. It's a true uh, road game for both teams. The pressure of this, you know, really uh, important time of year where all eyes are on you, all that you add up. And that's when you see some front rimming shots or, uh, you know, some some turnovers. And that really does benefit unders historically. I also think, you know, this isn't just any neutral court. As you mentioned, it's the Superdome. So we see these, you know, these games that are played in these big football arenas that kind of screws up your sight line in the backdrop even more. So because of that, I do think the under, you know, has some value. But I also think, you know, the odds makers have factored this in. I don't think we're saying, you know, it's not like we know that it's in this, you know, dome and they don't. I think the totals kind of reflect that they've kind of factored that in. Now, the weird one here is you really haven't had much movement either way. You are right, Holden. You know, it did tick up at some shops a little bit. A little bit. 150 and a half to 151. Uh, but I'm looking at the spread and it really hasn't moved at all. You know, open around minus four Duke. Pretty much has stayed minus four. Some books did get to Duke minus four and a half briefly. And you saw a little bit of, you know, a bite at the apple there from some wise guys hitting the hook with uh, UNC plus four and a half. So this is a game to me where, and I think it's important this week, like, you know, 
kind of treating it as almost a football week. Like unless you saw uh, an opener that you really thought had a lot of value or was off or was shaded or was soft, uh, then I think you wait until literally, you know, the very last minute here because, you know, this is going to be, for example, the 9 o'clock or the 8.49 p.m. Eastern time game on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of action that comes in late. It's going to be the most heavily bet and get the most attention. You're going to get, you know, some Coach K love, obviously, in his last game, although what's interesting is uh, you are getting around 66, uh, 66% of bets on North Carolina as a dog getting points at BetMGM. So uh, my thing is, wait this thing out. We really haven't had any movement either way. Uh, I want to see on game day where it goes. Like, if we see a lot of these plus fours, you know, and I'm, I'm leaning a little bit North Carolina in the points. You missed the four and a half. But if we see the plus four UNC get juiced up to minus 115, like it's going to fall down to three and a half, then I'd consider grabbing that four with, with North Carolina. I lean a little bit to the under as well. I know these teams are high-powered and the line did rise a bit. But again, that that kind of uh, football backdrop and, and neutral court system to the under, you have a lot of betting on the over, yet it's only ticked up a half point, barely moved at all. So I, this is the game to me where I think, you know, Villanova, Kansas, it's kind of clear that I think we've reached the, you know, the high water mark with Kansas and there's value on Nova at four and a half. I think for Duke, North Carolina, really no movement whatsoever. So as a market-based better, I'm going to wait and I want to see what happens on game day. Game day moves are always the most important to me, Holden, because that's when the limits are raised. They're the highest when the big bets come in. And when, as a data-driven better, you have the biggest amount of data to go off of. So I'll wait that thing out. My only play as of now would be Villanova plus four and a half. Do you ever bet live? Because I, I talk about it all the time on this show. Basketball is the one sport that I bet live. Probably 90% of the money that I invested a game is going to be live. Do you do that or you just feel so comfortable, especially with betting systems? You're so good at that. Do you just feel comfortable or you just bet the pregame number? So I would say 90% of my bets are pregame, you know, pre-flop type bets. Because as you mentioned, Holden, you know, every everything that I go off of in terms of betting systems, in terms of percentages, line movement, it's based on the full game odds and the data for the full game. So uh, to me, I feel like I have more of a strength if I'm looking at, you know, the full game number versus the live line. But for that to be said, you know, I absolutely think there's a lot of value there for live lining, for in-game wagering. And you made a great point with basketball. There's a lot of runs. You know, you get a team that uh, is a favorite who's down early. You hit them. Maybe a team's up big. You hit the dog who's down. Uh, another thing with totals is, like, I look for extreme situations with totals where, you know, let's say a total is, uh, you know, I don't know, 150 for the game, and they both score – uh, at halftime, they're up to like, you know, 90 points. Now that adjusted second half line, I might be taking the under thinking that under. it's going to regress and maybe come back to the norm because, you know, typically the odds makers are pretty good at what they do. And you may have an extreme first or second half number, but in the end, it'll typically not always, but typically kind of reach, go back to that original, you know, full game odds. So definitely think there's a ton of value in live lining uh, to me, just based on the way I look at betting, I feel a little bit more comfortable betting these full game odds. It is all about comfort. It really is. It's all about comfort. Okay, we got one other thing I want to talk about here, and I'm going to let you choose. Do you want to go with your NFL draft selection, or do you want to go MLB? Baseball starting up in eight days, and we are exactly one month away from the NFL draft, so that's kind of cool too. Yeah, so I guess I'll split it down the middle, and I'll give you a real quick okay. NFL one. Um, Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson to go number one overall. He's minus 225. You've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, tag Robinson, they signed uh, Scherf. They look pretty good at their offensive line at this point. Now Hutchinson makes a lot of sense going one overall. Uh, there has been a lot of money on Trayvon Walker, uh, the edge uh, rusher there from Georgia. He's actually now the favorite to go second overall. He's a guy that you really didn't hear about in mock drafts. 
you know, up until probably like a month ago. Uh, so he's made a huge rise here. Uh, also, Malik Willis, so I know you're high on Holden, uh, to be the first quarterback selected. He's minus 200. And I do like over two and a half quarterbacks to be selected in round one. It's juiced up around minus 150 at BetMGM. Uh, and I'm thinking you're going to get Willis, Pickett, even though he slid with his small hand size. There's going to be a 19, 20, 21 type team uh, around there, maybe late second half of the first round that I think feels like, hey, it's a value play. And then I think you're going to need Corral or Desmond Ritter or maybe Sam Howell to sneak in there as well. And then in terms of baseball, I love baseball. I'm a huge baseball guy. You're a Rockies guy. I'm a Red Sox guy, Holden. But I'll give you a couple information-based bets that, to me, feel like they have a lot of value. I'm looking at teams to win their division. So the first one I bet was the Astros to win the AL West. They open at minus 140. They're up to minus 165, which is notable because they lost Correa, yet their odds to win the division got even better. Um, they are bringing back Verlander, of course. But um, I look at a lot of you know data from BetMGM, bets and dollars. I like low bets higher dollars, and a line move toward that team. So uh, only 13% of bets have Astros winning the ALS, but they account for 65% of the money. And again, they move minus 140 to minus 165. So I got the Astros to win the ALS. I got the Dodgers to win the NLS. 25% of bets, but 50% of money. They went from minus 150 to minus 200. I think that Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, signing there, that lineup is going to be stacked, and they still have great pitching. Uh, and then my last one would be, NL Central, the Brewers. Give me the Brewers to win the NL Central. They're getting 19% of bets, 45% of money. They went from even money to now minus 130. And really their only competition would be the Cardinals, who are, I think, like plus 190. But then the rest of that division, you know, you're looking at the Reds, you're looking at the Cubs, you're looking at um, who the Pirates. I mean, all those teams to me are going to be well below 500. So uh, give me the Brewers, minus 130 to win the Central. Uh, give me the Strohs, minus 165 to win the AL West. And give me the Dodgers, Minus 200 to win the NL West. Just parlay everything you just said. See if you hit a big <laughs> one. <laughs> and I'll say this just real quick about the draft. Willis, the reason why I hit Willis at 40 to 1 to go number one overall, it's probably not going to happen, but let's say a team knocks their socks off and they go up and get him. Um, but to him to go number two was the one I really like at 4 to 1. And the reason I say that, the Lions are still going to need a quarterback. If they really buy into this guy, then I think four to one is fine. You know, that doesn't bother me at all. I don't think the Giants are going to move up to number one with their two picks. And even if they did, it seems like they like Daniel Jones for one reason. But yeah, Willis to me is a guy it's worth taking a shot on at those odds, especially number two to the Lions. What do you think the Lions are doing then? They're just staying away from a quarterback and going golf again, huh? Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict. I mean, you know, you are hearing yeah. from their GM that they're open to trades. And that's the thing about betting the draft. Like you could have everything lined up perfectly and then a team trades out and kind of screws up your cap. So uh, I think you have a lot of holes. To me, if I'm running the Lions, I'd probably trade down unless you're in love with someone like a Willis or, uh, you know, maybe you do like Walker there from Georgia. But if with so many holes to fill, I would trade down, acquire some picks. Uh, kind of the Belichick method as a Patriots fan. It always annoys you, but uh, sometimes it can be the smart move. Josh, awesome stuff again. Plug the Twitter, and when can we find you on the mothership? Yeah, so you can find me vison.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. I have a daily article there called The Sharp Report, vison.com slash newsletter. You can find the Market Insights pod where I just talk about sharp contrarian bets every single day. Uh, Betting Cross America, co-host that 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on vison. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. And if you want to make my day, Holden, uh, tell your, your, uh, your big gang of followers here, buy my book. It's called The Everything Guide to Sports Betting. Uh, it's got how lines are set, how and why they move, uh, how to read line movement, how to go contrarian, how to find sharp action, how to set up a bankroll management plan, uh, all included in my book, The Everything Guide to Sports Betting. 
Oh, listen, I love reading. I don't read many books anymore. So how about this? <laughs> I am going to get your book. I'm gonna oh, read thank it, you, man. I appreciate we'll talk it. Talk about it. <laughs> well, listen, sharp guys. If I'm going to learn about trends and everything else, this is the one thing betters don't understand. You can always be better. You know, always. you can't read enough. You can't read enough. You can't watch enough. You can't listen enough. You can always learn more. Always. I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much for the time. We're going to turn the calendar to April. I got some cool stuff that's going on next month. We'll talk about it next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Thanks again to Josh Applebaum for hopping on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Really appreciate his takes on so much. You know, we were going to just talk Final Four. Ended up talking Final Four, Jokic MVP, NFL Draft, Major League Baseball bets. Really cool stuff. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Very sharp guy. Also want to let you know the Greg Peterson experience. I was on with Greg yesterday. His podcast came out today. Talked about attacking the Final Four from live betting. And, of course, I'm a Kansas fan, so he had to – and a Kansas alum and a guy that did play-by-play -play for their student station back then with Paul Pierce, Rafe LaFriends, et cetera. Uh, so, anyways, great stuff there from Applebaum. I uh, want to remind everybody that just because the NFL is over doesn't mean we don't have stuff to bet on. Remember early in February, everybody was freaking out. It happens every single year. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? Well, guess what? We got through February with a ton of NFL, um, not even NFL, NBA, college basketball, hockey. I mean, there's ton to tons to talk about. March Madness. Well, we're going to flip it over to April. Here's what's coming up in April. Opening day, eight days away. Awesome. We'll, we'll probably talk baseball every day, maybe when the Rockies are off a day, but I'm going to try and handicap every single Rockies game when we do this podcast. Uh, Nuggets playoffs coming up. That's starting in less than two weeks. So looking forward to the Nuggets playoffs. Like I said, lots going on. Baseball, Nuggets playoffs. Hopefully they can make a nice run. End of the month, the abs are going to go for their first Stanley Cup in 20-something years. I don't, I don't do math very well, but at least 25, 26 years. Been a long time. Um, NFL draft is one month from today, so that's at the end of April. Man, there's just a ton of things going on. We'll focus on the Broncos, too, what they do in the draft leading up to that, if there's any more moves. So just make sure you stick around here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers because, yeah, football's over, but there's a lot of cool things that are going on. Now, maybe when we hit mid-June, it slows down, June, July, and into August, but we're looking pretty pretty right now. Thanks a lot for checking this out. Follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. Thanks to Josh Applebaum for hopping on and Steven, our producer, for making this sound good. And I really appreciate it. Again, thanks to the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers for having me talk on my own show. A little confusing. Have a great day. <laughs>